could do my vocal warm ups. <laughs> Unique New York. <laughs> the human toy was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, scotch, scotch, scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. Okay. Hello and welcome again to another edition of The Movie Man. My name's Callum O'Toole and as ever I'm joined by three other men, one of which is Mark Stack. How are you Mark? Back after a week off? Yeah, yeah, good. Feel refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, nice to get a week off after this savage savage hard work that this is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Unpaid work as well. Unpaid, yeah. Graph. (laughs) Been out on the bike today, I hear. Yeah, 40k with the um, little one on the back. It was nice. Lovely day Ooh. here in Yorkshire, so it was good. Good day, mate. Just having a nice couple of cold beers now. To you, you made it sound like you're like on a tandem there. That doesn't need a beer. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been good. It's two years old, Mark. You've got to start <laughs> pedalling. Yeah, he's got his little his little bike, but yeah, he couldn't do 40k on it, the little, the little wimp, so... The little <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Britton, you're there as well. Another hey, man hey. with uh, progeny. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Mine's a little too young to be to be even helping ride a bike or even on a bike. Um, yeah, he could probably be in the back. He'd probably yeah, jump stri- out. Yeah, strap him in. Yeah, strap like sidecar like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, no, he'd definitely jump out. He's he's he's, he's an idiot. Um, what have I been doing? Uh, you didn't ask me, did you? I didn't Johnny. ask you, but no, no, we're no, here. No. <laughs> I just realised you didn't ask me. <laughs> but I'm interested what? anyway. What, 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 no, what I just meant to see Brad that you have a son, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I have a son. That's me. What have you been doing, man? Um, I've been playing cricket. <laughs> socially distanced, okay. I hope. Yeah, it's been incredible. Yeah, it's very socially distanced. Uh, it's Not shining the ball? Spitting, spitting on the ball? That's very No, no there's, been, there's, there's been no spitting on the ball. Getting some swing? But it is, it's a terrifying business cricket, you know, with an actual cricket ball. You know, you think you're amazing with a with, with tennis ball, you get out of the cricket ball and it's the scariest thing in the world. So I spent a lot of time on the floor. <laughs> and Johnny, belatedly, we'll get around to you. Been still working your way through your United Six or? Um, I have to say, my attempt, yet? my attempt to watch all of Euro 96 has fallen flat at the group stages. Oh. I've, I've crumbled out like England in, like in true English fashion. I've, well, England Scotland wouldn't semis. even got there. I mean, obviously they did this time. <laughs> well, there's going to be no football for you this summer, Johnny, because Euro 2020 has been postponed. And another thing that might be postponed is potentially the Oscars next year. Oscars 2021, they're talking about it. Talking about pushing it back. Might make sense seeing as no films are coming out at the moment because they're all being pushed back as well. But if they don't do the Oscars, there's going to be a little gap on the schedule, right? So what I'm thinking is... What are they going to fill that gap with? Or could they still have the Oscars, but do it in a different way? So first off, I'm going to ask, go on, Mark, seeing as you're back on the pod for this week, why don't we start with you? You know what? Why can't we just um, take a year off it? It's, it's going on for a long time. No, no. <laughs> Nothing. Sometimes I, get, I do get a bit annoyed with this whole, like, um, the Oscar run and everything like that. Sometimes it's a bit tedious. Sometimes there's a film where you think, you, maybe you're not into it and you're just like, why is this being picked as, like, the film this year and I don't know I think maybe we could do with a break from it why not okay wow. so your your answer to what should the Oscars be replaced with is 
Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> took you a while that one, did it? Took you a while of No, uh, no, it's the first thing that came to my head and I thought, well, you know what? The, come on, sometimes it's just, it's nonsense. Don't need the glitz and the glam. Yeah. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And then I guess okay, you get so... the, if you do it on a Zoom call, get through the glitz and the glam, I'm having it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's a, that's a simple solution. Come on, solution. that's fair, right? Ollie? <laughs> um... So I think you could, the, the best thing about the Oscars is always the, you know, the compare, the host, right? That's nearly always the, one of the best, apart from like the four awards people care about. Are you making about. a pitch? No, 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 yeah. So get me on your Zoom chat. <laughs> so just get, I try and get as many hosts that has ever, have ever done it, all in that big building, because they could socially distance, whatever, and just have them all roast each other. Just have all the comedian hosts just a massive roast off. Oh, I like it. It's basically like a comedy night, but you know they're all dressed up and just roasting mm. each other. See how far back you could go. I mean, admittedly, it, it, it'd just be Billy Crystal and one, and then just you know maybe a Billy Crystal v all. That'd be incredible. Just him <laughs> taking on all these other comedians, roasting him. I know. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you just? You should open it out to just all award ceremonies. I think, and just like have all like the people that are fucked up and give them a, a second chance. <laughs> See that the John Travolta yeah. trying to say Adele Azim properly, <laughs> and uh, who was it that um, who was it that made the mistake with Moonlight? The Moonlight, oh, I don't know. Oh, Warren Beatty and Warren Beatty yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they could they could come back and actually say the right name this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It could just be like making up for all the Oscars failures of the past, basically. Yeah. No, okay. No, that, 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 would, that would be yeah, a really like Oscars what could have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And John, no, I think you? just Billy Crystal awesome. making jokes with Will Ferrell. There we go. Actually, that's quite a good idea. Retrospectively, go back and give what was genuinely the best film that year. Yeah. You know, oh, on. that's a good idea. Because I'm the ones that didn't make it. <laughs> Mark, are you changing your answer from nothing to something? It's nothing or that. Those are my only two things. <laughs> <laughs> I like your second one better, Johnny. Um, well, I mean, I think obviously that there's not really any films out, but the only film that's slated to come out is Christopher Nolan's film Tenant. So I think instead of the Oscars, we'll just have the Nolans, and uh, <laughs> it will basically be just Christopher Nolan finally winning an award, you know, the best picture for his film, and all the other awards. So Christopher Nolan's going to corner the market by having <laughs> the only film release and the only award ceremony. Needless to say, Nolan had the, the Nolan. last laugh. He'd be out there in Nolan's land, like no man's land, but but no man's land. Was it worth it? No. I'm gonna say it was. I'm gonna say it was. Um, well, I thought you know it, it might give us an opportunity this year to to right some wrongs, some social justice, in, kind of like what Mark said. You know, put the best picture out. The Oscars is always slated for not having enough ethnic minority representation. So what better way? Than a rap battle, and with the like increasing amount of female rappers as well, Cardi mm. B, Iggy Azalea, yeah, you're gonna get more female representation in there. So it's actually you can't put Iggy Azalea there out of all of the Iggy Azalea. God, I'm such a white that man. That seems like a virtue yeah. signal. You get like Woody Allen and Christopher Nolan. I think Woody battle. Allen would probably be a good rapper. Yeah, he actually would. He, yeah. he, love, he loves yeah. wordy films. So I feel like this this might be his next calling at, at the ripe old age of like 85. If anyone could give a rap battle award to uh, an octogenarian or septuagenarian white man, it's probably the Academy Woody of Motion Allen. Pictures. <laughs> so. yeah, that's very true. You know, I... I but, but but this is this is this is weird. This weird weird. My my, I, you know, I'm I'm that I uh, that I'm okay. We, my my, you're Harry, don't do that. I, you, 
I yet had, you know, I, and, and, and you, you, he, they, they, you know, they, they I, you know, I, we, I, come on. So next up on our list of films to watch free in isolation is an absolute stone cold classic. It's LA Confidential from 1997, selected by Mark Stack. And here for your enjoyment, your delectation, is a little sample of LA Confidential. The Night Owl Massacre. This is a heinous crime that requires swift resolution. Six victims. One of them, one of our own. Interrogations will be led by Lieutenant Edmund Exley. I need some backup. Come on. All right, Thomas Boy, I'll help. What do you want, Exley? I just want to solve this thing. Even if it means paying the consequences. Directed by Curtis Hansen, who previously did The River Wild and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, and would subsequently go on to do Eight Mile. LA Confidential is a neo-noir crime film following LAPD detectives Bud White, Edmund Exley and Jack Vincennes, who are played by Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce and Kevin Spacey respectively, as they attempt to navigate a corrupt city and their own places within an equally corrupt police force during Hollywood's golden age. So, Mark, this was your choice, heavily, heavily endorsed by myself and Mm -hmm. many other members of the pod. Why did you choose LA Confidential? Um... Well, I think like you, in fact, I know like you, we, we love this film. Um, oh, I yes. haven't seen it in probably eight years. I think we might have even done a taste test pod on it. Um, yeah, we think we, did, right about we it. think we think we did the we first we did ever pilot. unreleased pilot episode on Gangster Squad and LA Confidential comparing mm. the two. And that's probably the last unfavorably to Gangster Squad. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. um, It's just like you said, it is a classic and um, I love the film. So I just really want to see it again. And I know probably everyone had seen it, but it's always worth a rewatch. So Ollie, when was the last time you saw this film? I watched this with you. Because yeah. I don't think I'd ever I'd seen this film, and it was during that week, the week of Kane, where we got drunk every night and would watch films and talk about it. This that, yeah. that was like the, you know that was the, the was seedling fun, for yeah. that, that was the seedling for the pod really. Us being like we should talk mm. about films we like, um, and I was blown away because I don't think I'd seen I don't think I'd seen a neo noir film. So the style of it was incredible, just being transported to the fifties. Mm. Obviously, the story is incredible. Um, so I hadn't seen it for a long time. Um, so it was nice to rewatch it, actually, and sort of knowing what, what happened. Um, to yeah, see yeah, how, watch how it with the, and then like time. notice all the little different uh, details that you don't pick up the first time around. Absolutely, yeah. And Johnny, uh, Ollie just mentioned the, the neo-noir nature of the film. In fact, I sent around an article saying Ella Confidential was the, the last noir film, but it's a massive homage as well to the noir films of old. And how did you find the way they imagined that setting and the way they, they, they paid tribute to that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it sort of, you know, wears its influences um, on its sleeve, uh, you know, trying to call on the sort of classic film noir of the 40s, um, you know, stuff like Double Indemnity and Out of the Past, all those sort of, you know, men in trench coats and femme fatales and and lots of shadows and and corruption. Um, So, you know, it it sort of very much takes those (coughs) ideas and, you know, runs with them. And I think what it does is it takes sort of the tropes of noir, you know, in that 50s setting and those characters. And it sort of brings them into the 90s into a very sort of accessible, vibrant way that, um, you know, maybe doesn't have the sort of nihilism or the sort of complexities of something like Chinatown or Blue Velvet, sort of, you know, two big classic neo-noirs. But I think, you know, for what it is, and it is sort of, you know, a big mainstream release, that it sort of balances that all very well. Yeah, and it was based on a book by James Elroy, who also wrote The Black Dahlia. It was 
part of his LA quartet. I obviously don't know this off the dome piece. Looked it up on Wikipedia earlier, didn't I? Research. Um, <clears throat> but we were talking about the script and how great some of the lines are and whether a lot of that was taken from the book. But how much do you think, Mark, that sort of was just was borrowing on those films of yesteryear as well? Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely was. There were so many of those lines um, and those conversations could have been really cheesy, but they, they did it so well. They really pulled it off. There was some, it, it felt natural. It felt nice, but you really, you felt yeah. like you were watching uh, a real noir noir movie, a mainstream noir movie. Um, and the script was great. It rattled along as well. It was, it was really fun. If like, if, if you hark back to a film we did um, a while back, um, Infernal Affairs. It has so many of those little twists and turns. Mm. You're, you're keeping an eye mm. on yeah, the characters yeah, yeah. and that. When you've got Can't characters that. like that, and when you've got um, those stories and uh, and those where you're not sure who who people are and they're changing, it keeps you engrossed. Ollie, Mark mentioned the characters there as well. Like you've got, was there any particular standouts for you in terms of the? There's so many great character arcs. <laughs> yeah, any particular I mean, standouts in terms of performances and characters. I think it's funny, Mark. You, you mentioned the way, like you know they handle the vernacular like the 50s you know the way that that pattern of speech i think kevin space is but you know particularly the vernacular is so natural the way he speaks mm. it like especially at the beginning because he's hollywood jack he's just kind of <laughs> yeah. cool guy with a public face and every line you're like that's not a sentence you would say today but it sounds natural him saying so, it so the reason uh, he was the reason kevin space was picked for that part he yeah. was probably the biggest star of them at the time uh, okay. And it was because he, they, they basically imagined Jack Vincennes as a movie star cop, not a cop, <laughs> yes. move, like movie yeah, star. Yeah, so they yeah, were like, yeah. well, we need someone who's a huge like movie, movie star, star presence mm. to carry off. And they said to him, imagine D, you're Dean Martin. So they, wow. they, they said, if I was casting this in the 50s, I'd have cast Dean Martin to be this role. So that was basically his inspiration for it. Yeah. I, I actually think that, um, and she, you know, might, maybe she won't be talked about as much, but Kim Basinger does a, that's fantastic. Basinger? Basinger. Is it Basinger? <laughs> is it Basinger or is it Basinger? Um, I have no idea. I don't she, know. Is it Basinger? She does a fantastic job because I think, like you said, that you know the, the femme fatale character, you, you could you could see being posed in quite a two dimensional way, like they're a plot device. But she has a lot to her. And she has a lot of empathy and she's obviously involved in the plot in, in quite a big way. Her position, she seems like she's got higher status, even though they keep referring mm. to her as a whore. She's a whore, yeah. like you're a whore. But she does, she seems so much more glamorous than that and, and elegant. And she has a lot of power. And I think she handles that very well, that very delicately. She's not just like a floozy. Um, she was cast because Curtis Hansen said that he wanted someone that would, could bring the, gla the glitz and glamour of that era. And he said Ooh. she was the only actress of the time that he that he felt could do that. And she's also quite a lot older than the rest of the core cast. Ah, and interesting. She said that she maturity. kind of had like a, a maturity, yeah, to her as you well. Can, you can see really that. Important. And like, yeah, she does look like she could be in those, mm. like, not even the look, it's the way that they carry themselves. I mean, I must say, I was like, is it Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> I kept calling Marilyn Monroe. Like, you, know, you, know the scene, <laughs> you know the other scene, they go into the restaurant with the other movie star, and I was like... <laughs> She's going to be Marilyn She's Monroe. Marilyn. Nope, just another one. <laughs> there was no Marilyn Monroe. I was like, damn it, the only one I know. But anyway, no. So yeah, there's some, but there's some class acting throughout the whole yeah. the whole piece. I think uh, yeah. the whole I, cast I, is stuff. Yeah, I, I think that all those main roles, like Spa the Spacey Spacey Jackman Sands character, is he's probably my favorite. I said it last night. Was he's huge got a great he's, great I think arc. he's my favorite film character of all time. Jackman <laughs> Sands. I think he's amazing. I think wow. Spacey plays him so well. 
Um, but Johnny, you weren't too impressed with one of the leads, very controversially. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I think, you know, um, I think Quiz is one of those films that is, you know, really based around performance. And, you know, there is, is such strong competition. I think, as we said, Kevin Spacey is, is brilliant and sort of really embodies that sort of aloof suaveness um, of, of Jackman Sen's. Uh, and I, I sort of really like Guy Pearce's Ed Exley as well. So in co- sort of comparison to all those, and obviously, you know, Danny DeVito in there as well, I did sort of feel Russell Crowe was the weak link. And perhaps that's sort of Russell Crowe's character didn't sort of really speak to me. And I think in a sense, he maybe sort of felt to me a bit too one-dimensional in that he is this sort of thuggish character, you know. He's, he's a bit of a maverick, likes to break the law, you know, to get justice across. But that sort of arc of his that he, you know, becomes a bit more sensitive and he strikes up a relationship and he sort of, you know, goes back on his in his ways and, you know, thinks actually I don't need to be this thug. But it didn't didn't grab me the way that I think Exley's arc or Kevin Spacey's character does. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree it's probably more the character than mm. Russell Crowe. I think, yeah, there's a bit of a lack of depth with him. Whereas the other characters, there's so many twists and turns within them and you see them changing so much whereas I, I don't think you see that with him and maybe that's why he's less engaging as Jack Vincennes yeah I've got to say I think I think he when you first said it yesterday I was like yeah I get what you mean and then I thought on him more and I was actually like I don't think I agree I think that he his motivations are revealed too early which is maybe the issue but mm. that he has that change halfway through where he's like, I don't want to just be a blunt instrument here. I want to be a proper detective, a proper policeman. Yeah. And he starts looking at things in a different way. And he still obviously has that that hard edge to him. And he carries that throughout the film. But he battles against that. And it's kind of, if in a way, arguably more interesting that later on, when he when he's tried to shift this, he gets thrust back into it by circumstance. And then the violence yeah. is still there. And then his final thing... You know, without giving too many spoilers away, that is basically burying that to do yeah. the right thing. So yeah. I think actually yeah, yeah. he has more backs and forths than any of the other Maybe. characters. I think the Maybe. others have a smoother I, 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 arc, but yeah, no, I agree with you, and I, I think there's an element of intention on behalf of either the script or the director to keep him at a level because you're with him. He's the character you're most with as the audience, I think. And so I think with all thrillers, the devices, they want you to be tricked by the twist. So it's, I think you've got to be going along with him. So I think for, mm-hmm. so for that reason, I think it's good that he is, um, his, his arc isn't as mysterious and up and down because you need to walk along with him. There's some interesting stuff about the way Russell Crowe prepared for the role as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that Harry mentioned, um, Obviously, Harry Anton not on the pod this week, but the character of Bud White was supposed to be the biggest guy in the LAPD, like the, yeah, the wow. toughest, biggest, meanest guy. And Russell Crowe's not that tall. So he, mm-hmm. he bought a really tiny apartment so he could feel <laughs> like he was really big. Probably made zero difference. Very Zoolander, just getting a tiny, <laughs> tiny house. Yeah. This is this a house for ants? <laughs> <laughs> um, so favorite scene johnny um i really like the, the bit we were talking about earlier you know with the sort of marilyn monroe and, and the actual hollywood characters the bit with um laura turner where um ed exley is like you know you're a 
you're a whore pretending to be a Hollywood star. You know, you're not you're not convincing anyone. And obviously, it transpires that she is actually the Hollywood star. And <laughs> he gets a drink in his face. But um, yeah. I really, I, you know, it's Johnny it's a, it's a, Stampanato, who I think Stampanato. Called Tommy Stampanelli. But it's a great it's a great bit of comic relief. And I think, oh yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. Marky Mark yeah well honestly that was mine as well but um, another one I liked is actually one that Harry mentioned on the group when they got in, a, in the massive fight and Jack Vincent had blood in his oh, suit yeah. and he's just like trying to brush the blood off while there's an he's really annoyed he's just got blood yeah, on his white there's a suit. savage brawl but love, he's proper like, looking that. then throwing a punch then he's like annoyed that there's blood on him it was so that's the reason he fights Ollie well, I'm sure someone else will say this. Well, maybe you can, so I'll beat you to it. The scene with him and Dudley. Don't start trying to do the right thing, boy. Oh, you haven't had the practice. He's and probably was, my favourite line in movie history. Line. So good. Line. And the way that Jack Vincent reacts to it, again, with such charm, all, all, you know, all the way to the end, you know, he gets mm. the last laugh in a way. So I had the last laugh. Um, <laughs> to say. And as we haven't really mentioned how, you know, the acting from um, Cromwell. Is it Cromwell? What's his name? James, James Cromwell. Cromwell. Is yeah. superb. James Cromwell he's... is a, is a fascinating man. Look him up. Is, is he? He, he's a he, was, he keeps getting arrested for like environmental protests. Is he? He's like a proper massive man. like protest wow, guy. Yeah, he loves it. Uh, my favourite scene, like you, Ollie, is the scene with Dudley and Jack in the kitchen. It's a hundred percent my favourite favorite scene. That line is just breathtaking. And then my next favourite scene is when Jack uh, goes to the motel. Uh, and has his like change basically when he has his his moment of guilt his like ultimate moment of guilt because he's obviously caused that situation to happen mm -hmm. and yeah that, his and conversation with um, Ed when he says why did you become a cop and his, his water in his eyes he's like I, I can't remember. remember fuck yeah, me and he's so vulnerable in that moment and you're like don't don't cry Kevin <laughs> one other final thing to note released in 97 Mm. Won two Oscars that year. Kim, ba Kim Basinger won for supporting actress, and it won best oh, adapted good. screenplay. And obviously got battered by Full Monty. an iceberg. <laughs> Titanic and the Full Monty was also out that year. Iceberg. What a year for films! What a year! Titanic won all swept up, but also Goodwill Hunting won best oh, screenplay that year. Incredible. Full Monty, the greatest film of all time, was out that year. <laughs> and as good as it gets with Jack Nicholas, that I've never seen. What's the other one? Uh, as good as it gets with apparently a golfer. Uh, which I just said, I said Jack Nicholas instead of Jack Nicholson. It's, it's interesting that Kim Basinger was the one who won yeah. an Oscar it's from this Out film. Of, yeah. it, it, I mean, but the Oscars, you know, are strange in that way. I mean, what is it, Judy Ollie, Dench Ollie won? was on board with it by the sound of it. Judy Dench won when she was on screen for two minutes, so you know. Six minutes. Well, for the Oscars Marlon does, Brando does. run, right? Kim Basinger Marlon. was on screen for 15 minutes. Marlon well, she, Brando. Yeah. See, that just shows it was, how good it's one of, the, one of the shortest, yeah. It's not the shortest, obviously, because you're about, well, about to say more. About to say Marlon Brando. Brando won in less than that, didn't he? The <laughs> Godfather. He was yeah. on screen really? for like 12 minutes, was he? What, in a three-hour film. Yeah. Mm. I am good at three things. Fighting, screwing, and reading the news. Now I've already done one of those today, so what's the other one gonna be, huh? Well, no Harry Anton this week, so that means no Three Fast, Three Furious, but we will be doing the news. So this week, handing over to Johnny Smith for the news. Da -da 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 -da. This week on the news. So the news this week, I mean, it's amazing. So it sounds like Ollie is doing that thing with his like elbow making fun. Exactly, no, I'm, I'm getting my whiskey going. Sorry. Is it, is it, your, is it, is it your, your chair or your elbow? Who knows? <laughs> no, it's, my, it's my whiskey. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously the big news was was is the Oscars are probably going to be cancelled, but we've we've covered that. We, we've done that. It's not happening. Yeah. We've got some great ideas. Deep dive on that. If you didn't remember, go back to the beginning of the episode. We've got some great ideas on, on what to do in, instead. Nothing yeah. is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, the first, to do everything. Do nothing. <laughs> the the first news of the day is talking of, of old films and, and noir. The BBC iPlayer have just acquired 23 films produced by RKO Pictures, which were one of the big Hollywood um, production companies in the sort of 40s, 50s, even 30s. So we're going back a long way. But, so um, if you want real noir, not just neo-noir. Exactly. So, you know, all the classics, you know, Cary Grant's in there, Catherine Hepburn, Orson Welles, John Ford. Um, so, you know, the standout ones, the original King Kong, Citizen Kane, um, the Magnificent Ambersons, which is sort of Orson Welles' second sort of masterpiece after Citizen Kane. So the iPlayer is now a trove of old films, you know. So, you know, get yourself streaming through those like there's no tomorrow. Who needs colour? Exactly, all the black and whites. <laughs> so, and you know, well, we don't we don't have three three fast three furious, but I do have three films that are that are in the works, you know, in the pipeline because nice. there's not actually that much news. But the first one is you um, have to read them all really really quickly. But the first one is uh, "Call Me by Your Name" director Luca Guadagnino. I think pronounced something like that. He's making a, another remake of Scarface. Oh. Um, and the Coen brothers have been on board to write the early drafts. Um, oh, so oh, that no, will be very interesting that. to see, you know, how you're going to put a spin on, on Scarface that's going to make it, you know, up to date and, and worth watching because the Brian De Palma one is an excellent mental 80s film. Well, if it's Coen brothers, <laughs> the, the spin will probably be just... Um, aged wackiness yeah that, it'd be, it'd be crazy stuff like weird wackiness that was funny 30 years ago but isn't anymore <laughs> <laughs> George Clooney will be in it I was yeah. say, George Clooney will be Tony Montana Tilda Swinton Tilda Swinton will be Tilda Swinton will be Tony Montana Francis McDormand she'll be in it Javier Bardem actually Javier Bardem actually really could be Tony Montana I think Al Pacino could just do yeah. it now with that technology <laughs> from the Irishman. Yeah, just keep, keep that just give the Irishman going. treatment. Yeah, um, and in in more um, a release that's actually you know this that is in the pipeline. So who knows George when Scarface Michael's will ever release. be made? But coming up next month is Spike Lee's brand new film, or in the words of Spike Lee, his new joint, his and new joint. it's called Defi- Defy Bloods, and it's basically <laughs> a Vietnam film, but. By Spike Lee. Um, so these four black Amazing. veterans go back to Vietnam to find the remains of their squad leader who they buried in the Vietnam jungle during the war. So it's kind of like an action film, a Vietnam Seems film. Like obviously Seems like a Spike Lee, adventure. it will be, you know, <laughs> lots of race stuff and, and civil rights and black experience. So, and I think it's going to be on Netflix. So, you uh-huh. know, it, it's going to be, Spike Lee films are never boring. So I think for, that will be you. well worth a watch. For all you kids out there who don't know who Spike Lee is, he's the guy that keeps speaking to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen for no reason in The Last Dance, inside <laughs> of the court. Always just chuck, getting involved, just jawing. Get Spike Lee involved. Unnecessary. Nice. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the news. Oh, and I think James Cameron is making a quarantine film, but Boo. who cares? It probably cares? still cost about Be 10 billion, screen. even though... Isn't Avatar coming out soon? <laughs> Honestly, there was isn't some it, pictures. Isn't it always? Do we cover this every out? week? 
even in lockdown, how's James Cameron going to make this the most expensive film of all time? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, he'll, yeah. he'll try. He'll try. Just by, just Who by, gives him this money? Just by getting really expensive... He'll just get really expensive Wi-Fi so he can zoom yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I filmed it all on Zoom and my phone, but it yeah. still cost... It's a billion pounds a day for my 5G. <laughs> Black GI, is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused and to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. Right, here it is then. The news is done, the film is reviewed, it's time for Challenge Annika. I mean, Ollie's <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. It's Ollie's Challenge. Da, da, da. It's wacky today, guys. It's they wacky. They get better every week. The, uh, this is, the this is, I, I, it'd be amazing jingles. if you get any of this. I really was struggling. <laughs> Everyone's favourite challenge, one that you literally can't do. Uh, you can't, challenge. honestly, this is hard, I think. I hope it's not, but it's probably going to be so hard. So basically, LA Confidential is a neo-noir film, okay? Mm-hmm. So I thought on the theme of genres, there's lots Swiftly of Swiftly Googling neo-noir films. <laughs> well, no, no, that will not that will not help you. Um, <laughs> on the theme on the theme of genres, so basically each the answer will be a type of film genre. So you've always okay. got guesswork, okay. and the clue is kind of like a character saying like a soliloquy, but it's like made up. I've just made up a thing to say, and that gives it away. So to give you an example, so you understand. So for for neo noir, I'm thinking clue, of a genre. What is it? Yeah, yeah. For neo noir, the Go clue on. would be bonjour, je suis le un. I have cool glasses. I like f- fighting le kung fu. Agent Smith is my nemesis. So obviously it's Neo, but he's French. So <laughs> Neo Noir. Oh, okay. right. Okay. Because I'm the French Neo. Oh, this cool is like glasses. a cryptic crossword. That is yeah, exactly. So think, it's think literal. Think literal and lateral. All right, so number one. My name is Grecus. I was born under Caesar the year 43 BC. I recently made the sex with my best friend's wife. You could say I'm a slippery character. So think on that one. Okay. Is, porn, is porn a genre? <laughs> yes. Porn is, is a genre. Smart, it is a smart. genre, but, uh, but that's not the, the clue. Smarty right, so film. Let's do number two. That's good. So right. this one, uh, this one I think will be a bit heavier. Okay. Um, so this is a real person. This is a real person. My name is Summer Rose and my dad is a famous football player. He played for England at Chelsea. Go on to Chelsea. He's like the most famous ever defender like, and he's well hard. Yeah, he's a famous defender, my dad. Play for Chelsea in England. You should get that one. That one is, you should get. Is John Terry a film genre? <laughs> that's that's uh, that. what. Yeah, but what would her title be? Ah, oh, you little. There we, have you got it? There we go. That's hard. It's tough, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Did you get it, Cal? Cal have, you, have you still not got it? Oh, you'll kick no. yourself for that one. Huh? I've got it. We're looking for a genre of film here. Yeah, you'll, you'll kick yourself and get that one. All right, next one. Question three. <laughs> Okay, this one's easy. Oh my gosh, this is like my dream come to true. So today I'm a zombie. I'm doing a music video for my favorite music star. He's so okay. cool and talented, okay? He's very personal, okay? Like he brought my 10-year-old son to set. He was like so interested in my son. He actually invited him back to the ranch, which was pretty strange. But I guess, you know, after all, he is... Yeah, so got you, it. you probably all got that one. Um, got all right, this next one, again, this one's quite easy. Like Question four, fingers on the buzzers. This is this character's uh, an animal. I've got it. Yeah, nice. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Wasps. All right. Uh, <laughs> white Anglo-Saxon <laughs> Protestant. One, yeah, white Anglo-Saxon one, Protestant. One, two, yeah. three, four. Oh, this is question five. This is tough. No. 
<laughs> okay, hey, my name's Sally, or Sal Hudson. I'm a musician. I play guitar for a pretty big rock band called Knives and Lilies. One of our famous records is Goodbye to the Desert. Goodbye to the Desert. So you gotta, you, you gotta <laughs> my think, mind you gotta, is all over the place. Yeah, that's it, tough. It's that looking, my answer like, pad is looking very sad at the moment. I was like, you were like, Sal Hudson. I was like, it's got to be something Hudson. Rock Hudson? Rock music. Think, Where think am about, I going uh, with this? <laughs> Again, it's really hard. Uh, this one's good. I think you'll like this one. Uh, this is question seven, all right? My name is Lionel Gary Benjamin Tremellon. My name is Lionel Gary Benjamin Tremellon. <laughs> yeah, Mark's got it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got that, Mark? Yeah. Was that six? Was that seven? That was six. That was six. Oh, six. That was six. Okay. All right, so number seven. Coming out soon on DVD, an instant classic. Critics have called this Jim Carrey's funniest work. Pet Detective, out now. Have you got that, Mark? Maybe not. He's got I'm a guess. I mean, I'm assuming it's I'm not why I put of. down then if it was that. You said it was really I'm just going to start writing that's genres. The one, <laughs> that's the one I'm most proud of, that one. That's the one I'm most proud of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one. Okay, this one you'll definitely get, Cal. All right. Um, I've got this, two. Is, I reckon I've got two. Is, is this seven or eight? Is it? Eight. Okay, hey, uh, come on, he set up a meeting with Ari. I'm Vinny's brother. Victory! Oh, okay. How is that a genre? Uh, yeah, no, no, I think that's a genre, isn't it? I think it is. What? What is? Johnny oh. Chase. <laughs> Chasing Tail. Back to Johnny's porn thing again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Okay, I've missed that one. Don't oh, mind. Mark, you'll keep, you'll keep yourself if you don't get that one. That's the easiest one. Is yeah, it? That, yeah, that's the easiest one. So, number one, this was Grecus, born yeah, under Caesar, the year 43 Caesar. So, somebody born at that time would be a Roman, and yeah, he recently I made sex Roman. with his best friend's wife. You could say he's a slippery character, like a snake, which goes, Roman, Romans. <gasps> oh, my word. Okay, I put Greek tragedy. It's tough. Uh, I feel, <laughs> I feel nice. like I need Romans. a real deep dive into that little brain of yours. To, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's probably the hardest. That's so obscure. Okay. This, this one you should get. This next so, one is Miss, Miss Ter- this is Mystery. S- Miss Terry, mystery. Well done, Mark. Miss Terry, mystery. Oh. Miss Terry. What was the, can you remind me of the clue for that one? It was John Terry's my, daughter. My name's Summer Rose. My dad is John Terry's daughter. Miss Terry. <laughs> yeah, that is good. wild. That is wild. That's, that's good. <laughs> is the next right. one, can I answer number the next three. one? Yeah, go on, number thriller. three. Yeah. Is yeah, it thriller? thriller. Yeah. yeah, that's just a, a woman taking her son to be an extra in Thriller and her son is about to be traumatised. Um, so that's I, thought a I, was, point. I thought I was getting into, onto a good thing there. And then, that's, yeah. a point, that's a point for Cal, a point for Mark. Johnny, did you get a point there? No. <laughs> no, Ooh, no point that was the easy one, Johnny. <laughs> no, the okay. next one was the easy one. Number four is the easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, answer, B-movie. Johnny. B-movie. 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 Yes. <clears throat> I did get that one. No, I did get that one. Cal, Cal, did you not get it? No, I did, I did, I did. You're lying, aren't you? Uh, change that no. to a two. Mark, change to a two. All right, this one's no, tough. This is Sal. Sal. This is number five. So, oh, you got three marks. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I put uh, romance for this, so I'm guessing you didn't have that in twice. Is so. this a mus- is this a musical? So it's no, no. So it's Sal Hudson, right? So yeah. Sally Hudson, and um, the band Knives and Lilies with the big track "Goodbye to the Desert." But the tune is obviously "Welcome to the Jungle." Yeah. But obviously, I've changed "Welcome to Goodbye." And I've changed jungle to desert, and Guns and Roses has become Knives and Lilies because it's yeah. an inverted world where Slasher is a woman. So it's Slash Her. <laughs> oh my god! That is so hot. 
I love your methodology. Slasher. If you guys had more time, you, you I've got the next one there. So obscure. Yeah, this one's this is my favourite. Lionel, Gary, Benjamin, Jamelin, Mark. Yeah, LGBT. LGBT. Oh, I got that. That's <laughs> yeah. a genre of film. Yeah. LG, yeah, LGBT film. Yeah, of course it is. Is it LGBT? Yeah, yeah. I put cartoon. Don't, don't be such a bigot. <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, you got one. I, there, I yeah? did. I did get that one. This one is probably the most legitimate one. So this is, is the coming. Go on. <laughs> My guess is, is it straight to DVD? No, so it, oh. what I'm doing is an advert. It's an ad about yeah. Ace Ventura. Adventura, adventure. Oh, nice. oh God. <laughs> Should have got that. That's, that's, that's good, right? That's really that's that's very good. good. I just put comedy. Um, okay, and the last <laughs> yeah. one, this one, you, folks, you should have got. I can it's get this one. Mate, this one's well it's, easy. It's it drama Trace. Drama. Callum? Oh, obviously. Drama. It's drama. Dickhead. That's it. So so scores on the doors there. Mark ends up four. with so Mark, you didn't get drama there. Wow. So you Mark got no. four, which is very respectable. Four out of eight. Callum three, fine. Johnny two, maybe could have had a few more if if he had maybe known me for longer and watched. <laughs> um, I think four <laughs> is incredible. Incredible. I think four is incredible, and I think four's you've legitimised. You've legitimised what I thought was the most ridiculous Ollie challenge yet. So thank you. Uh, scores on the board now for a, for a, you know weekly tally. So Cal, you're now nine points. Mark again four because you missed when we started actually tallying the points. Sorry oh, about that. We're gonna have to do an average, <laughs> yeah. aren't we? So I'd have to be nine out of two. So Johnny, four you're and on half a week. Johnny, you're on three overall, and Harry's I lost, on I lost seven. my points from last week, which was <laughs> yeah, you got absolutely shafted me. Hustled out of those <laughs> points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. It's you know VAR. You know we. It's not what we asked for, but it's there now. So there you go, Callum in the lead, Harry closely follows behind and he missed a week. Mark's done great to catch up by storming my mental challenge and Johnny languishing with three points. Thanks for playing Ollie's Challenge. Bumblebee Tuna! Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. How are you this afternoon? Alrighty then. Well, I'm going to need to go and have a lie down and just uh, <laughs> collect my thoughts for the rest of the, the evening after that. But, you know, thank you very much, Ollie. And that's all we have time for this week. Just to let you know that next week we're going to be reviewing Lucky Number 7, which was Harry Anton's choice. Uh, been a while since I've seen it. I don't remember if it's any good or not, so I'm sure we'll have to find out. <laughs> has, anyone, has anyone got any major plans for the week, Mark? What have you got on? What have I got on? Uh, I don't have anything on. You have a pink t-shirt on? I have a pink t-shirt on. I, I, there is literally not, nothing I've got planned ahead of me. How mad That's is great. that? Watching Lucky Number 7. Yeah, that's yeah. that's genuinely my next plan. Uh, Johnny, you've complete. Well, are you giving up on your United Six, or are you going uh, um, to? I'll probably probably watch the England games, but I think now I'll I'll just watch loads of black and white films on iPlayer. And Ollie, how about you? You always <laughs> have something go interesting on, going on. I'm going to go on eBay, Prime, and or any online clothes outlet and buy jackets that look like Kevin Spacey's in uh, LA Confidential because <laughs> the man has the greatest array of just. Like jacket. white jacket, stripy jacket. Oh, and the way he wears them. Yeah, that's one thing I took from that film. I was like, I bloody love a blazer. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. Slash you almost know and, Kevin Spacey, you know. so maybe you could just ask him really nicely. I've met him. I've met him. I've, I've spent some time. He's complimented me, actually, on my acting chops, which is uh, another story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't already complimented you on, was it?
Alexa, off. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Down, Alexa. Down. Yeah. <laughs> Alexa, slower. Slower. <laughs> Alexa, my wife's in the next room. Oh god, she's just woken up. Alexa, off. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll do it at the mains. Don't make. I'm just, I'm, right, you asked for this. You asked for this. There we go. Down at the mains. Carry on. <laughs> You don't get it. laugh. So good. Oh, the Japanese. Oh, Mr. <laughs> it's funny. That's the thing. It's, it's funny because it's ironic, but it's also funny just because it's funny. Oh, just a quick one. You Ooh. have an incredibly squeaky chair. It's just been. I've oh, just realised because I can. <laughs> I've just heard it there. And when I'm doing the oh. uh, when I'm doing the edits, I'm always just editing out these squeaks <laughs> on this chair. <laughs> so I th- should probably mention now. If you did have a less squeaky one, that I be did really hear good. that. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. There's there always go. that squeak. It's like someone's just like no, jousting feels, in the back of Ollie's chair. It feels like I'm at school now because the chair I'm in is like it's a dinner chair, but with the desk, it feels like a school chair. This is ridiculous. I'm like Mr. Amazing. Mr. O'Toole. <laughs> Sorry, Ollie. Sorry, buddy. That was that. a real magazine, Hush Hush. Was, was it? it? Mm-hmm. Also, did it, well, that beginning bit, did anyone else feel that it made them think a bit of that, like, Springfield, a town on the grow? <laughs> yeah. It yeah. did. Like, it's it really selling did. LA, yeah. you know, it's like LA coming yeah. up. 